Welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Now, I'm Vicki Tillman and I'm here with Kim Smythe and our good friend Connie Stoltz. Yay. So, all right. So, Connie, spell your name so people, if they search you on Facebook or anything, can find it. Oh, Connie Stoltz? Yeah. S T U L T S. So it's a common name in our, we live near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I see different versions of that. Yeah. So so Connie has an absolutely marvelous blog called The Daisy Head. So, mm-hmm. And you spell Daisy right, not like me. So. <laughs> yes. D-A-I-Z. No. I'm spelling D-A-I-S-Y-H-E-A-D. That's we right. can do it's this. We're right. homies for moms. E nor Z. Anyway, it's a Connie has a, several different focuses that are in that blog, and all are encouraging. So for years, it was really focused on homeschooling because she's homeschooling her kids, mm-hmm. and now it's got a new shift that we want to talk about. So, Connie, give us a high level view what, about your family. Okay. Um, I was married to my husband, Vince, for 24 years. We have five children. Um, the oldest is 24. And oh my I goodness. And all the way down to a 10-year-old. Mm. So my first three were all really close together. And then I had a four-and-a-half-year gap between number three and number four, and a five-year gap between number four and number five. Wow. So I have three homeschool graduates um, one has graduated college. The other two are still in college. Congratulations. And then I have, thank you. Mm-hmm. Then I have a 10th grader and a 5th grader at home. And a new puppy? Yes, there a new puppy who That's, is making us all nuts <laughs> and having lots of fun. There you go. So you're going to be homeschooling for a long time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but God who does things his way and not ours has mm-hmm. taken the daisy head and given it a revamped focus, which right now is, I found a very helpful series about grief. So, mm-hmm. so this is, it's, it's yeah. difficult to read <laughs> and important, but also for you, you've had to live it. I have. So tell the story. Um, well, in 2014, I was ill. Um, and almost died, had a couple surgeries, found out I had cancer. My husband took care of me through all that. My recovery was long. The first surgery was a full eight-week recovery. The second surgery happened 12 weeks after the first, and that was another two to four weeks of recovery from that one. Um, And he was not employed at the time. He had just left a church where he had been assistant pastoring and was just exploring, what does God have for me next? What should I be doing? Should I go back to school? Should I start another ministry? Um, So God's timing was perfect in all of that because he was home to care for me. Um, Because I really couldn't get up out of bed or off the couch by myself. It it wouldn't happen at all. Um, It was like the woman, the magician who does the woman saw it in half act gone wrong like (laughs) went halfway through and then stopped Um, so that was bad so I I kind of lived that story where I was ill and Mm -hmm. he took care of me and just about a little over a year after I would say that I was actually well um, my husband became ill so in January of 2016 we found out that it really wasn't stomach flu and it really wasn't a gallbladder. 
um, he actually woke up one morning and was all of a sudden not just nauseous and shaking, he seemed like a dementia patient. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that day we got to the bottom of it and discovered that he had a terminal brain cancer, um, a very large tumor in his frontal lobe called glioblastoma, Mm -hmm. which is known as one of the most deadly forms of brain cancer. They don't really have a good treatment for it. Um, His tumor, actually, I don't usually say that. It's not his tumor. I call it the stupid tumor. It's it's (laughs) a stupid tumor. By the time we found it, because I like to curse it, um, and stupid is a bad word, right? That's right. So so the stupid tumor was too large and in the wrong place Mm -hmm. to be able to operate on it. So um, we knew from the beginning it's inoperable. By the time you find glioblastoma, it's already microscopically spread throughout your entire brain. Um, so even if they can take all of it out, you do treatment, it usually always, well, it always comes back, usually within a year. Mm-hmm. So we knew at that point that his days on earth were numbered. We just didn't know how many days he would have or what that would look like. What, what was that like to hear that kind of news? It was like your worst nightmare coming true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people... I'm a very positive person. I'm, I know. And I'm an optimist. Yeah. But on the other hand, all the stuff that happens in my head, I'm always planning for um, bad ah. things that happen because mm-hmm. then I already have a plan. But one of those things that I'd always thought of was, well, what if my husband dies? Oh my goodness. What What would I do? What if my Wow. I don't. I had always also thought, what if I get cancer? Oh my well, goodness. if I'm going to oh. lose my hair, I'd just shave it off and put henna all over. I didn't have that kind of cancer, so that didn't happen, but I had a plan. Um, And that was the worst thing I could imagine was losing my husband. So somehow God, ahead of time, had your brain prepared. Your soul was already prepared. So it it always is astounding to me that God's economy is he didn't rescue from the situation. He had you prepared. Mm. He did. In, in more ways than we could probably cover in our limited <laughs> amount of time. Um, but he, he yeah. really did. His grace has met me all along the way um, in places that I did not expect. Yeah. Um, even when I was imagining and figuring out what would happen if my husband left, it was all stuff about, okay, if he dies, what do I do after? It was all mm. of that. But when I found out, I had this gap. So it felt like suddenly he was gone. I was experiencing his death before it happened. Yeah. Um, Especially since even after we got the diagnosis, he was not coherent. There was just so much swelling in his brain because the mass of the tumor was so large. So that Um, was on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I really thought the neurosurgeon didn't know that we could ever get his brain functioning properly again. They started steroids to decrease the swelling. But he... With the amount of swelling and the area where it was in his frontal lobe, mm-hmm. on his dominant side, mm-hmm. it had crossed over to the other side of the brain. Mm-hmm. He said he will probably never be lucid again. Mm-hmm. So I was faced not only with losing my husband, but deciding on how we treat it. Mm-hmm. Do we find someone who will risk operating? Do we do the chemo and radiation, or do we just try to give mm-hmm. him some good days? I thought that was all going to be on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So that was a giant, devastating night. Um, it was like I was mourning and preparing at the same time. Yeah. 
um, yeah. which is kind of a strange thing. I think the term they use for it, correct me if I'm wrong, is anticipatory grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I hadn't really thought about before, mm-hmm. but we were caregivers for my grandparents. I knew that it existed, but mm-hmm. this was kind of a, um, like grief on steroids. Yeah. Kind of. And then by the time the weekend was over, I saw my husband becoming lucid again. Praise wow. God for But that. he was on yeah. massive amounts of steroids, mm-hmm. which we paid for later, but mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. another story. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he did end up becoming lucid enough that he could help me with that decision about whether mm-hmm. to do treatment or not. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, yes, I was very thankful for that. I didn't, I mean, I've, I've done lots of medical things that I've had to do, um, but I was glad I didn't have to decide for him. Yeah. I maybe would have decided something completely different than he did. I mean, that was kind of the story of our lives. I always approach something completely different than he did. So, yeah. So that was good, but God's grace was there. Um, And then we had to tell our children. Um, Yeah, the whole thing was really not anything you ever want to have to do. So how did you tell your children? Oh, that was not quite like I expected either. Um, my mother-in-law had been asking me for several years to get family photos of all of us. And we are just not ones that like staged photos. So we had lots of pictures of us that had been taken at things. They just weren't all sitting down with a photographer, all posh. Um, so I very quickly decided that, um, Vince was coming home from the hospital on, what day was that? I don't know, Thursday afternoon, I think. And then he had to go back Friday morning for the biopsy. Mm. So before he had a big scar on his forehead, and he didn't have very much hair on his head, so it wouldn't have grown back to hide it. Yeah. Um, I, I really need to honor my mother-in-law like this and, mm. and do this. So we had not told the children while he was in the hospital because... With a 10-year-old in the house especially, I couldn't come tell them their dad was dying, but I have to go back yeah. to him now. Oh, yeah. um, he wasn't supposed to ever be left alone because he could suddenly become very impulsive and do something mm. just crazy. Because mm-hmm. of where the tumor was. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't do that to them. I didn't feel like that was good. So we came home from the hospital. A photographer came to our house, mm. um, a friend of mine took a lot of doing to pull off but she came to our house and she just took very natural unstaged photos Mm. that my mother-in-law was really happy for but my children are I mean they're here getting family photos and they have no idea why yeah they have no idea what was wrong with dad why he was sounding a little cuckoo yeah before the hospital so we kind of left them in limbo another few hours um and so after the photographer went home and we just had these happy smiley pictures then we had to sit down and tell them. Um, Vince was a little more lucid, but he couldn't remember everything about it. Uh-huh. So he started out trying to tell them what the doctors had said was wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and he could remember part of it. He remembered that he had brain cancer, there was a tumor in his head, they couldn't operate, but that was about as mm-hmm. far as he could get. Um, so then I had to finish mm-hmm. and tell them that their dad was not going to be with us for much longer. Mm-hmm. And that was a really hard night. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard night. But, you know, through all of the crazy medical things we've been through, I learned that um, 
my children respond to things how they see us respond. Say that wow. again. Oh, yes. My children, re- and it might be because they have odd children. No, not no, all, no, this is, this not is all right. children yeah. will necessarily do this, yeah. but mm-hmm. my children tend to respond to things how they see me respond to yeah. them and their dad. So they watch your face, yes. they watch what you say, they watch how you mm-hmm. act. And they get yes. their cues from that just as much as your words. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So when I had been sick, they said, yes, it was scary, but they weren't worried. They knew that I would be okay mm. because that's the way I seemed to handle it. And that's mm. the way their dad seemed to handle it. So in that moment, I had already known they're watching my response. Mm-hmm. So they have told me later, yes, they were sad. And mm. I mean, they cried, mm. all of that. But they knew that God was in control and that they could mm. have hope in the middle of it because he was going to help us through mm. whatever mm. path we walked. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing. I'm, I'm glad that God showed me that before yeah. we got the diagnosis mm. with Vince because that has helped my children through the whole ordeal um, more than anything else. That's it's such to know a- that they're watching me good good words of wisdom and it at least gives you something you can do is I'm going to model yes. God's grace here and strength mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they see me cry they see yeah. that I'm sad mm-hmm. and that's yeah. okay I don't that's have to real. pull myself up by my bootstraps but right. that there is faith and there's hope in the middle of it yeah. all and mm-hmm. no matter what happens God has not dropped yeah. us yeah and that's it's like the grief is real the 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 fear and the anxiety mm-hmm. and the sadness is all real Yes. But God's grace was sustaining you. So the kids saw both yes. in you and mm-hmm. Vince yes. as much as they could mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, homeschooling was the biggest blessing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, because in that moment, my third son was a senior at the time. And he had already been accepted to college and had this big scholarship. So he had to finish, but he was doing it at home. So. Yeah. He could still spend lots of time with his dad. Yeah. There were times, mm. steroids for your brain are so awful because yeah. one of the big side effects, first off, is that you have muscle deterioration, yeah. especially oh. in your large muscles of your yeah. legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very quickly, Vince needed help getting out of a chair. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he couldn't get up out of the bed himself. Eventually, mm-hmm. I couldn't help him. It took two of us. Mm-hmm. So my son was there. I could just yell to the other end of our small house, and he mm-hmm. would come running and help me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of the children got to be a participant in their dad's um, care, yeah. mm-hmm. but they were also there in all of the moments that they could mm-hmm. spend with him. So mm-hmm. really, homeschooling just was dropped at that point. Mm-hmm. We normally homeschool year-round, so I knew mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. And their, their education at that was, yeah, the education mm. was their relationship with yes. their dad and going through that experience. Yes. Yeah. My daughter, who was in ninth grade at the time, um, when her dad developed diabetes from the steroids, she became his blood sugar helper. Oh. Because his eyesight was affected. The tumor was pushing on the back of his eyes. Yeah. He couldn't see very well. So he couldn't always read the pen that gave uh, him yeah, his insulin right. uh-huh. so she would double check everything so while uh-huh. I was cooking his food she helped him with his blood sugar uh-huh. and wrote it down and she left for a weekend in the middle of all that and the first question when she got home was how were dad's blood sugars uh-huh. so yeah. she learned a lot about mm-hmm. caregiving mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my littlest who was nine at the time um, 
when I was sick, we just got in this thing, she would help me with my blood pressure machine or whatever. So if you yell, nursey, nursey, she will come running to help you with whatever it is Aww. that you think she needs to help you with. That's kind of her name in the caregiver role. So Aww, they were all beautiful. part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were there when, since my husband was a pastor for many years, we had so many people that came by. We're not at the church where we were pastoring, but we're still good friends with many, many of those people. And we mm-hmm. had so many people come by from three different churches that we've been involved in um, who wanted to drop by and see Vince. And Mm -hmm. since we've been in ministry so long, Vince had forgotten what an impact he had made in people's lives. So my children got to hear it. Vince was reminded because people would come and they would say, you know, when you did this, it changed my life. It changed the way I thought. Mm -hmm. And he was astounded all over again. I had Mm -hmm. no idea that you thought about it that way. I had no idea I impacted you. But our children got to hear all of that. They got to hear all of the prayers that people came to pray for him. Um, So in in that period of time, homeschooling was a different kind of blessing than I thought Mm -hmm. it would be. Mm -hmm. So that was a beautiful thing to watch. Mm -hmm. And then while we were grieving, we didn't feel pressed to get back to the books. Mm -hmm. Our learning has been different for the last couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. They learned things that they couldn't learn yeah. if I handed them a book. Mm-hmm. So how long did you have him before? Four months. Went? That was mm-hmm. fast. Four mm-hmm. months. Yeah. We, we were told that he would probably only have six weeks to, at the top, maybe three months. Mm-hmm. So we had four months and nine days. Yeah, it's a little time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he really... Many patients with glioblastoma, their personality changes. Mm-hmm. Um, many at toward the end will become kind of comatose mm-hmm. or very angry and just not themselves. He had none of that wow. until, oh, probably the last 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And he slipped back into confusion again for maybe 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then he was unconscious. Wow. So that was, I felt like, really God's grace yeah. Um, because that was the last thing he wanted was to be something other than himself Yes. Mm -hmm. and he was lucid he was just like himself he didn't have any personality changes Um, so that was yeah Mm -hmm. that was a great blessing too so then all of a sudden you go from being married for decades Mm -hmm. to now being a widow yes and it didn't even occur to me, you would think, from someone who planned and figured out, yeah. what would I do if my husband died? I didn't ever think of that label uh-huh. until a, a blogging friend who lives in another state made a comment online when she was sharing um, about our situation and asking her friends to pray. And she said, can you pray for his widow and children? And I went, oh, that is me. Um, that was a bizarre realization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I didn't really think that I I was a widow. I still felt like I was married. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. now, what is it, 16, 17 months later, mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm married. Mm-hmm. Just a different format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. that's really interesting that, that you describe it that way because whenever I think about Connie, I always think about Vince. Yeah. And I know that because we... We only got to see each other like once a year at this conference where we are actually Mm -hmm. at 2-1 Conference right now. And Vince was so 
present and gracious and mm -hmm. he just loved you so much and so those yes. those two faces so even though he's in heaven mm -hmm. it's not separable really no yeah no no whenever I would meet someone new it was very common that he would be introduced and I'd say I'm Connie I go with him where I belong to him <laughs> and people always laughed at that because yeah. people don't usually say well I belong to him yeah um so but he just it, worked. it's kind of that thing we were just always together yeah yeah you so. were together when I met you as well and yes. I just felt so grateful that I had the opportunity to meet Vince mm -hmm. so as I hear your story I'm seeing Vince and I'm hearing his voice and and mm -hmm. it's really really sweet really mm -hmm. sweet so and then, he loved you seven sisters, I will say. Yeah, that was very mutual. It was mutual, <laughs> yes. Very mutual, yes, absolutely. So one, one of the things that's been helpful to me is reading your blog series that is just so honest and real and, and helpful about oh, grief. So you. it's uh, at Daisy Head, so please, everyone, I'm going to push links in the show yes. notes, but everybody whether they're going through grief or yes. know someone yep. mm -hmm. somewhere in life they're going to experience this in one form or the other yes. go ahead and read Connie's series so mm -hmm. Connie can mm -hmm. you give us some of the things that you've learned and shared in that blog series oh, in whatever? the series so far yeah well, um the kind of one of the first things I talked about was how to act around a widow um, Which is so important because people just avoid. And I never would have thought that would be yeah. the case. Mm -hmm. But I quickly found out people just acted strange mm -hmm. around me. Like they didn't know even how to act. Yeah. Well, I'm still the same and I'm not over here sobbing. So mm -hmm. let's just have a conversation. Um, but that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. um, and that same blogging friend who asked for prayer for Vince's widow um, had said to me one day about something that I didn't think was even a big deal. She wasn't sounding awkward. She said, oh my, I don't know how to act around a widow. And that's when it occurred to me, that's why people are acting weird. Ah. So maybe I've kind of tried to give mm -hmm. people some ideas about things you still can do and say. Um, one of the things I will be covering soon is ways to help a friend who's grieving. Because mm -hmm. people sometimes don't know how to do that either. What, what to say to a friend who yeah. is grieving. So what are some things to say? Um, some things to say. Well... It's okay to still talk about the person who's gone. Oh, so it's okay to talk yeah. about Vince. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In fact, it helps us if people come and we'll still talk about him because you know mm -hmm. what? I haven't forgotten that he died. Mm -hmm. I haven't forgotten that I'm sad about it, no matter what you say. Right. But it very often helps the person to know that other people still think about him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That he made an impact. So one mm -hmm. of the things that was really helpful to me afterward was when people would come and tell me a story that they remembered happening with Vince. Mm -hmm. Maybe something that I was there for, maybe not. Um, at his celebration of life service, um, a couple of the people who were, he ran a business and ministry training program. Mm -hmm. And the students were in with him for two years. Mm -hmm. A couple of the students told this story, but now every time I bump into one of those students, they're still talking about that story and laughing. It was a good story. About it. Yeah. And it was very funny. Just. Vince was yeah. a teacher, and he would get caught up in what he was teaching and not realize he was tripping over the cord of his computer. <laughs> so he knocked his laptop off oh, a couple no. times. Oh. And one time he knocked it off, and it was obvious that thing was broken. Oh. And he just glanced at it and kept talking. Oh, wow. And they were talking about that story. It yeah. doesn't have to be anything profound. Yeah, Just a story that 
was memorable to you. Mm, yeah. It helps people if you yeah. share those things with them. So avoiding saying the, the mm-hmm. Vince's name or the person who's died mm-hmm. yeah. is not what you do. It's You, you don't really have to. Yeah. I mean, you can if it makes you sad, yeah. but you don't have to do it on the on widow or grieving person's behalf yeah. because we haven't forgotten. Yeah. yeah. We, we still know. It's not like you're going to be bringing up old memories that will remind us that we're sad because... Yeah. Because they're there. That's still there. Were there yes. things that people said or did for your kids that were helpful? There were. There were. Um, sometimes people would come and ask them to go to their house and play. I mean, that uh, was a pretty yeah. obvious thing for them to do. Sometimes they brought snacks that they knew that our children liked. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so they would, like if someone brought a meal, mm-hmm. there were a couple people that would bring like just a big grocery bag full of snack items. Oh, um, nice. And that's fun for the kids. Quick breakfast items, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So they liked some of that stuff just to feel like they weren't forgotten yeah. in the middle oh, of it. Yeah. When people would come to visit with Vince or pray mm-hmm. with him, mm-hmm. um, they would have a conversation with the children. Oh, um, Yeah. And just just that acknowledge that they were there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of my youngest daughter's friends, um, the daughter who was nine at the time, had a friend at our homeschool co-op who was probably a year and a half or two years older than her. They played together some, but they weren't the closest of friends. This little girl, when she found out that Vince was sick, um, felt so much empathy mm. for my daughter that she sent home with someone else a note and my daughter thought it was for me and came handing it to me and I read it honey this is for you and it was just a note from her in children's handwriting no line paper I think she was about 11 I'm really sorry to hear that your dad was sick that's going to make me I'm cry. Be yeah, exactly, right. And yeah. It was really just that simple. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be oh, praying for beautiful. him. I'm sorry to hear it. Mm. Wow. And that child really said all the right thing. Like, if mm. you don't know what to say to a grieving friend, that's it right there. Mm. Yeah. So if, say it again. If you yeah. say that, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Mm. I will be praying for him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to so, be a lot or magical or anything special. It doesn't. Just... It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you, you're probably going to say the wrong thing at some point. Uh-huh. Because so, some people are offended about things that others are not. True, true, true. Oh, yeah. And you're dealing with someone who's in a very highly emotional state. So mm-hmm. probably something is going to be taken the wrong way or you're going to fumble over your words because you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable with how to help them. If you say something that comes out wrong or that they take wrong, just say, I'm so sorry, but I care about you. Mm. Beautiful. That you don't have to it's worry okay. about wow. when you say something wrong because something wrong is going to happen. It's just exactly. so much emotions. If you stay around after that, yeah, it's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you're embarrassed about your mistake and run away, mm. then that's going to be harder yeah. for that person because then they feel rejected at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gets all jumbled up. It's yeah. just better yeah. to own your mistake and say, yeah. you know, I'm human, I'm going to mess yeah. up. I don't know how to do this, yeah. oh, but yes. I'm, I'm going to try because I love you. So yeah. being honest and gracious together and uh, and yeah. it's okay to make a mistake and to yes. say I'm sorry. And there's there's yes. so much gracious healing in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's such a thing. It's so encouraging to me too because yeah. it helps us know not to run away. Mm-hmm. to stay in there with your friend mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
Kara Tippetts, I don't know if you know of her, wrote at a blog called Mundane Faithfulness. And she initially, before, I guess around the time that I got sick, was writing about her own breast cancer journey. Um, And she and her friend wrote a book called Just Show Up that talks uh, about a lot of issues with helping someone who is hurting, whether it's terminal illness or death or Mm -hmm. anything like that with someone who's hurting it. That book has a lot of very helpful things in it that will just help you. And she talked a lot about that. If you make a mistake, there's grace. And Mm -hmm. mistakes are going to be made on both sides. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to say the wrong thing to you when you express sympathy to me. It will happen. As well as the other way around. Mm -hmm. So we just need to be community and give grace to one another and keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, Another book that I found that would be a helpful thing if you are walking with someone who is grieving or chronically ill is a book called Alongside and I can't remember the author's name right now but we'll that it put it in is notes, full yeah. of practical things you could do to help someone ah, I mean, uh-huh. she just has lists and lists mm-hmm. of wow. go buy them toilet paper you know everybody yeah. uses the bathroom right yeah go buy toilet paper paper mm. towels I mean at our house we don't use tons of paper products we don't yeah. use paper towels yeah. we don't use paper napkins but you know what when Vince is sick Oh beggars my. can't be choosers right. and That's then right. I don't have to wash my laundry Yeah, we're going to use them yeah. you that know that people if they have a lawn somebody's got to cut it so oh, true yeah. just say hey is it okay if I come over and mow your lawn every week Yeah, yeah. somebody has to clean your bathroom I'm probably not going to say no yeah come yeah. scrub my toilet yeah. yeah, people are weird about scrubbing toilets yeah. some people may not feel comfortable but you can offer mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no yeah, yeah. 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 so where you are now mm-hmm. tell me about your journey now what is life like for you a year later I don't know <laughs> it's still it's still it's still evolving. kind of it, it's yeah. a weird place um because a, I don't know sometime before a year mm-hmm. it wasn't the forefront of people's mind anymore mm-hmm. um because you know their life goes on right and that's right and mm-hmm. good and that's fine um, but I still felt like my life was stuck Yeah. at that one oh, moment yeah. in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So after a year, it becomes kind of a lonely place. Mm-hmm. And there are still people there, but it's also far enough away that mm-hmm. it's like, it's weird if I say, hey, you know what? Can you come make me dinner? Because I'm just really tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From all the things, because there's, yeah. there's yeah. nobody to do the other half. It's mm-hmm. just me if if there's going to be anything with the household it's on me Mm. um there's no dad that takes them on the weekends yeah it's different than single parenthood necessarily Mm. it's kind of solo parenthood Mm. um just simple things like that yeah it's taken on a big weight so i don't know it just feels lonely and overwhelming most Mm. days i think Mm. the body of christ we're we're sort of trained to do acute like we can be there in the crisis but the chronic, the, the, mm-hmm. the you know, yeah. being a widow goes mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the needs are still there and the support is still there. So if someone wanted to be a friend to someone who'd lost their spouse, showing up and helping with the lawn or mm-hmm. bringing over some toilet paper or something, it, yeah, that need still goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Um, one thing that I have kind of learned from this process that has kind of helped me even think about how I will help other people mm. 
is like a friend of mine lost a child mm. um, this summer. Mm. And so it occurred to me, okay, what things helped me? Mm. Well, the first Father's Day after Vince was gone, mm. a friend of ours sent us a big bouquet of flowers. Aww. I never would have thought of it, but that was so meaningful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the first holiday afterward or his oh, first birthday. birthday. So I made a point to put on my calendar this oh. friend's, like, oh. when their child's birthday was. Uh-huh. And I put it on my calendar for next uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I can remember to send her a note mm. or post a fun picture on Facebook yeah. with her her daughter's favorite uh, color or favorite uh-huh. thing. Or yeah. Just simple yeah. things like that where you mm. think beyond it. Those yeah. Yeah. Even just those cliche things that we hear people say, well, the first year is hard, the first holiday is hard. We'll kind of just extrapolate from that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. is there something I could do? Cards in the mail. Mm. We got lots yeah. of cards in the mail for a long time. Mm. Um Anything like that, but you know, it doesn't even have to be grand. It could yeah. just be sending them a note, even just a Facebook message, mm-hmm. a card in the mail saying, you know what, I'm thinking about you today. Mm-hmm. I want you to know you're not forgotten mm-hmm. and we're still praying for you. Yeah. 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 That's a good place to yes. wrap, wrap it up. It up. Yeah. Thank you for being so open and honest Absolutely. about how your, your experience is. It's helpful to. Absolutely. All of us. So thanks yeah. for having me to chat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so it's, much. Thank you. We, we love our homeschool friends. Yes. Yeah. Talking to Connie all the time. <laughs> so visit visit Connie at the Daisy Head spelled correctly dot com. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it really, her her series on grief is just so profound. So mm. it's the whole the whole website's wonderful but that yeah. is just a profound series so yeah all right so we're wrapping up so this has been the homeschool high school podcast brought to you by seven sisters homeschool.com and the ultimate homeschool radio network yeah.